I'm Walt Thiessen, the crypto skeptic. Let's talk crypto. Okay, welcome to this special episode of LOA Today. This is a new segment that I am calling the crypto skeptic because that's what I am. I'm a crypto skeptic. I have actually been aware of cryptocurrencies since Bitcoin first came out in 2008, well ahead of where most of the population was. And when I first looked at it, I said, yeah, okay, sure. And I uh, didn't do any mining. I kind of wish I'd done some mining. I didn't really believe in it at all, but I kind of wish I'd done some mining because I could have sold it to the speculators for a fortune later on. But uh, I didn't do that, so live and learn. But that's okay. It, it all works out. Everything works out well, as we all know. Um, and it's gotten to the point now where it is the cryptocurrency market as a whole is starting to get some attention with the broader public. And I know listeners of the podcast have some interest in, in knowing a little bit about it. So I figured let's create this segment and I'm going to bring on people who are uh, experts in the field in a variety of different ways. And uh, we're going to talk about it. A lot of the people who are going to be coming on, not so much um, our first guest today, but other people are big advocates of crypto. And uh, so we're going to have kind of a debate format where they're going to say how wonderful it is. I'm going to say, oh, yeah, are you sure about that? And it should be a lot of fun. But today we're going to start off actually a little bit different from what the original plan was because my guest today is a woman named Ann Casey who has, uh, she's a part of a company that does technical day trading of currencies, not just cryptocurrencies, but all currencies. So um, what, what's often called the Forex or foreign exchange market, um, you know, euros being traded for dollars, dollars being traded for Australian dollars and so on and so forth. And it's one of those things that uh, I think most people have heard of. Very few people have said, well, yeah, I want to go do that because that's like, you know, that's way beyond me. Um, but there's this company that has uh, come along with a way of making it relatively easier for people to get involved. And, uh, and why would you want to get involved? Because the people who learn how to, to use their trading software can actually make some pretty good money. So, you know, there's a pretty good incentive that goes on there. But we'll get into that in just a moment. First of all, Ann Casey, thank you very much for joining me on the program today. How are you doing? I'm wonderful, Walt. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. And uh, we were just uh, comparing notes before we got started here. We got uh, two firsts going on because this is my first doing this a particular segment on the program. And this is your first podcast, so welcome to your first podcast. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it is exciting. Yeah. It's fun. It, it I is, mean, uh, it's totally fun. And like we were chatting about before we got on the podcast, like, you know, let's give it a try and see where yeah. it goes. I'm always open to new ideas and new thinking. So uh, this is, I've done a little over 1,700 uh, episodes. This is your first. So we're wow. doing like 1,704 between the two of us. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about this thing that you got involved with a, a couple of years ago. And I'm going to start, before you even talk about what it is, I want to talk about what your story was, why you were even looking at something like this. Mm. Um, because this, I mean, let's be honest, this is not something that people typically say, yeah, I'm going to be a day trader. Right. <laughs> I, I'm going to go to school to become a day trader. No, no, this is not a typical career path. So how did you end up even considering this? Yeah, so not at all thinking that I wanted to become a day trader. Uh, and I, I'll share with you that I'm very much interested and a studier of the law of attraction. And I oh, just okay. like to keep myself open to different opportunities. And, you know, my, my eyes are always wide open seeing what's out there. Um, so I started looking in the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. This is not a pandemic thing, but it was for some people. Um, I started looking for a way to bring in more money on the side of my full-time position in sales 
because at the time I had two daughters in high school and I'm a single mom and I did not have enough money saved up for them for college. I had some money, but I have a goal for them to graduate college without having any debt and not having put that debt onto mom. So nice goal. I like that goal. <laughs> Very one, well right? done. Yeah, that's a, that's ambitious. I like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to make it happen on my what I make from my sales position. So what else can I do? And I started looking at different things. I was getting kind of serious about looking at franchise opportunities. Hmm. And I ended up on a mailing list for someone that teaches currency trading. And okay. I thought, all right, let me check this out. I'm seeing this for a reason. And I went through a trial program and, you know, learned about it and got to see if it was a fit for me and loved that. And then I went into um, an education program and loved that. And I actually left my full-time position in May of 2021. And so now I just do two things. I day trade currencies and I represent the education program that I came through. Um, both of my daughters, the one is uh, in her second year at Kent State and we're on track to meet my goal. And then my younger one is leaving for school this summer. So um, I do feel like I'm going to meet that goal of having them graduate debt-free. Good for you. That Congratulations. That's a big Thank deal. You. Well, I, just out of curiosity, you, you said you did sales. What kind of uh, what field were you in doing the sales? Uh, most recently, I was selling laboratory supplies and equipment. Oh, okay. All right. So the medical field. Yes. Okay. Very good. And when you first looked at this, I, I want you to kind of go back in your memory and mm -hmm. If you can, what were your initial impressions when you were presented the idea of doing this before you'd learned much about it at all? What, what did you think about the idea when you first heard? Well, so I was not really at all familiar with foreign exchange at all. So to me, it was pretty, uh, it was a, a foreign concept to use that word foreign twice. <laughs> um, it was, it was kind of a strange concept, like what, what are people doing here? And then of course, as I researched it, if you research foreign exchange at all, you get a lot of skeptics who say that it's risky and it can be if you don't know what you're doing. Sure. Um, and so I kind of had to balance that out against what I was seeing with in the trial program that I was in. And, you know, like I said, I keep my eyes open. I'm, you know, not one to just go into something blindly. Um, but the more I got into it, the more I felt like, oh, this is a real thing. This is a real opportunity for me. Okay. So you got excited, which was a good I did. thing. Right? Yeah. Always, well, as a salesperson, you know how important it is to get excited. Excited because when you're excited, you do a better job. You sell your product better. You represent your your company better. All that kind of stuff. So excitement's good. Um, Absolutely. Those of us in law of attraction circles know just how important excitement really is. <laughs> um, but on top of that, you also you, you did it in a way that was. I'll put it this way: you're, you had both feet on the ground. On the one hand, you knew there were risks involved. On the other hand, mm -hmm. you were willing to take a look at it. And, and it's kind of an unbalanced approach, which is a good thing to do. But you still had to, to overcome, I'm certain, uh, reservations, concerns. Because, okay, yeah, you probably were seeing early on that uh, you could get some success using their simulator and so forth. But what were some of your concerns even at that point? I mean, because if you go at any of these kinds of, of opportunities that you can do out there in the wild, so to speak, <laughs> you, you're going to run into concerns practically every day until you finally get to the point where you're really comfortable with the whole thing. So what, what were some of those concerns you had early on? I mean, obviously, is this going to work for me? Now, initially, I was just looking to bring some money in on the side to support mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the college bill goal. Um, and so I was able to do that early on. And then as it grew, then I started thinking, can I get rid of the full-time job completely? Like, is that a reality? So is the income, is the opportunity there 
to support what I'm looking to do. So, you know, it's, it's like everything else in life. It comes in steps. Um, you know, it's not a get rich quick thing. It is a skill that I'm still continuing to learn every day. Um, and I expect to continue to learn for many more years to get better and better and better at this. Um, so I think the more that I learned and the more that I practiced and got my feet wet in what I was doing, the less my concerns became. Um, I still do, you know, occasionally think like, can I get to that level that I want to get to? You know, that's kind of life and how our, mm-hmm. our brains work is like, you know, is this really going to get me to where I want to go? So I continue to stay open, but I haven't seen anything yet that makes me doubt this at all as far as what my goals are for currency trading. Wow. That's pretty good. That's, that's actually yeah. kind of remarkable when you think about it. Cause- it is. I mean, I would have thought that there'd be points where you say, well, geez, I'm not so sure about this part. That part looks pretty good, but this part doesn't, I'm not so sure there. And, and from what you're saying, you, you didn't, you didn't encounter that. That was just not part of the experience. Yeah. Nothing significant. In fact, I'll share kind of a law of attraction story with you since you're, you and your audience are minded for that. When I first went out for my first in-person training as part of my education program, the founder of the company was, I was there for training on Wednesday and Thursday and the founder of the company was going to be speaking on Friday. And so I extended my trip out to include Friday. And I certainly thought that he would be speaking on trading. Like that was kind of the natural assumption there. And it was an all day session. And when he started the session, it was all about who you are as a person and how you're showing up in the world and being a person of integrity. And I really was just, that was the moment for me that I thought, these are my people. I'm in the Mm. right place. This is the right opportunity. I have a connection with that founder um, because of where he comes from. And I had not had that feeling with other things that I've done professionally where I feel like, okay, these are my people. And I felt that here. That's a great feeling. Yeah, it's excellent. I got chills as I told you. So Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I should say. Well, obviously, what what you're really describing there is you've just developed a passion in an area that you weren't really expecting to mm-hmm. develop a passion. Exactly. Which, which is certainly something I can appreciate because I started a podcast with no intention of having a podcast that was, <laughs> I was passionate about. I, I was li- literally uh, to tell you, but my listeners know the story. But to tell you the story, I started this in 2012 because uh, we were we we'd had a total and complete business collapse from the 2008 financial crisis. I mean, literally both my business and my wife's business got wiped out with a stroke of a pen. Um, I was servicing um, small nonprofit organizations. They all went belly up. So my business went away. My wife was doing gardening services. When you're in the financial crisis, nobody wants to find, you know, higher gardening services. So I'm the whole thing just like fell apart completely. And then over the next few years, we were just like struggling to survive. And by the time 2012 comes around, we're deep in debt, um, running out of answers, close to becoming homeless. I mean, the whole thing was just a, a, just a train wreck. And I didn't know what I, I, the way I tell it is I, I, I was so poor. I, not only could I not hire a coach, I couldn't buy a book. I mean, it was it was that desperate. And then I said to myself, "Well, I have some IT background. I you know I do websites for people, so I, I could certainly do that part of it. And I, I knew a lot about how technology worked. 
So I knew a little bit about podcasting because I was kind of getting popular. I said, well, why don't I try this podcasting thing? And then I could bring on experts who are successful in a variety of different ways. They could teach me about law of attraction. They could teach me all this good stuff. And I could do it for free. And so I did, and it worked. And what I was wow. surprised by is how much I enjoyed doing it. So here you are. You're walking into doing this foreign exchange thing. You're trying to do it basically to add to your income. And to your surprise, you actually found you liked it. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I think is being, the, you know, is the parallel story in a sense. You kind of did something for one reason and you found another reason to do it, which is cool. Right. I, well, I love when things get like bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on behind there. Cause you're right. I did start this just for the additional help with the college bills. And then I found that I really liked it. And I found that I was connected to the people at the company. And I now have, you know, bigger goals to help others make changes in their life based on currency trading. I, I hope to, once I get to a certain level, to be able to offer some scholarship opportunities for other single moms to be able to come oh, wow. and learn this. That would so be it's, great. it's a snowball in a really great direction for me. Yeah, very cool. I like that. Now, of course, this segment uh, that we're adding to the show is about cryptocurrency. We haven't touched on that yet. Um, the tie-in here is that part of what you do is you also trade cryptocurrency mm-hmm. on a day trading basis, Correct. Which, which is a little different from um, what the premise of the show is. The premise of the show is really about you know how viable is cryptocurrency in the long run? Does it become a, a global currency that everybody starts using on a regular basis, which one do they start using on and on and on like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know as a day trader, that's not really a concern because when you're a day trader, you don't really care a whole lot about the thing that you're trading, which is kind of an odd thing. What you care about is what what, what kind of pricing is it doing that day? You get out and you're done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, we're not buying and holding crypto. Um, and I'm not saying that's a good idea or a bad idea. It's just not what we're doing. Um, because we're just trading the movements. So when it's on an upswing, then we're buying and making money as it's going up. And when it's on a downswing, then we're um, selling uh, because everything we do is in pairs. So we're able to sell when something's on the downswing and make money that way also. So, yeah, for us, it's not a question of, you know, your bigger questions are like, is this the, the currency of the future? And yeah. no, which one is it? Right, um, right. You know, it, we're not really concerned with that at all because I may have a trade that closes. Crypto runs a little bit longer than most of the things I do, um, but it, I could have a trade that closes in a couple hours. So to me, it doesn't matter where is it going to be in five years because I'm just looking to make some money today. Yeah, you're, you're kind of agnostic on what the thing is. It's more like, right. what are other people doing with it? Okay, I'll go based on that. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is one of the odd things about being a day trader. The other thing that's really interesting to me in the age of computerization, um, the, I mean, it, it's pretty well known that, that the major brokerage houses and so forth have all the advantage because they've got these super programs that are running everything. Mm-hmm. They've got you know, automatic trading going on. And, and so it's uh, – it, I'll tell you, I honestly believe that day trading was kind of on the way out because of that. But you're making me rethink it, uh, you and the organization you're a part of, because apparently you've got a lot of people who are still making some pretty good money, actually very good money. Um, mm-hmm. through day trading. So I guess it's not dead yet. <laughs> it's not dead at all, at least not at our company. Um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I don't, I can't speak to our more people, you know, doing it or less. Um, but we have plenty of people that are coming in and seeing what it's all about using our proprietary indicators to see, you know, if they can be successful as currency traders. You know, you talk about what the big brokerage firms have in their power. Um, I've, 
I can't argue like our indicators are better than, equal to, less than their indicators, but I can tell you that there's not this sense of like, this is mine and I'm not going to share it with anybody. Um, the founders of the company, there was a gentleman 20 years ago who wrote the indicators for his own purposes. His son, who didn't have to do this, turned it into an education program so that other people could use the indicators so that they too could be, um, you know, economically stable. Um, so there's not that sense of like, I'm not going to share this big secret with anybody. It's like, come on in and, you know, see if you can use this to make money. I'm, I'm also curious to know just how good the indicators are. And mm -hmm. it's always hard to quantify something like that. It but I'll just, I'll, I'll just kind of th throw like a broad question out to, to you. Like uh, as you're doing your trading on a regular basis, uh, how often do you, do you get it right? How often do you win compared to how, how often you lose? My win percentage um, is about 85%. And um, it's it's pretty good. I can do better, <laughs> which is why I say, like, I continue to learn. I continue to hone my skills because we do have traders that are trading in the 90 percentile range. Um, there is a gentleman at the office who his win percentage is 97%. Wow. Seeing the proprietary indicators. Most of the time when our traders have a lower win percentage, um, it's because of the trader. And the, the challenge around trading is we're human beings and we have emotions and the emotions can make you make decisions that aren't in the best interest of your trading. And so I always tell people the more robotic you can be, the better you're going to be as a trader. And that's a challenge that I face myself. Um, you know, I, I'm still quite emotional about my trade. So that's knowledge that, you know, the, the tools work. It's how does the operator work? Um, and so that's what, you know, we get to work on as traders to get that in check. It's an interesting problem, too, because especially here on this program, we talk a lot about the importance of connecting to your emotions mm -hmm. and how we live in a society that often dissociates us from our emotions and it creates issues. It creates all kinds of problems for people. So here we are talking about something where the goal is actually to not be emotional about something <laughs> that's important to us. And that, right. that I'll tell you, honestly, that creates a little bit of uh uh, of conflict in my mind. Like, is that really a good idea to do something like that? But what's your take on that? Um, I get your point because I don't think, you know, on a whole that we should disassociate from our emotions because there's a lot of intelligence there. I mean, that's, mm. that's the, the guidance system for being, you know, a human being. Right. Um, but of course there are times where you need to keep your emotions, um, in check, be in control. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it's just something that I, parenting is coming to mind. Um, so I don't, do you have kids, Walt? I don't know. We don't know. Not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that, you know, came to mind for me is when I'm having something going on with one of my daughters that I need to address, I, you know, two teenage daughters, there could be a lot of emotion going on. So it's best for me usually to keep my emotions in check so that I don't escalate along with them. Um, and so that's a time that I feel like it's important for me to not disregard my emotions, but just be in control of them. And I think it's the same thing with trading. Um, if I, if I take a trade that goes against me and I let myself feel that like, oh, I lost a trade, then I'm getting myself into a place emotionally that isn't going to serve me. Um, and so that's kind of what I mean of like being robotic, like not letting that carry me away because what happens is people take revenge trades. And those don't usually work out that well. Um, so if I keep myself in check and remember what my goals are and what my plan is, that's what I'm talking about being more of a, um, you know, 
putting your emotions in check so that you can be a more successful trader. It's interesting that uh, we're talking about this because one of the concepts we talk about here on the program when we're talking about um, how people are wanting to attract what they want into their lives and they're dealing with resistance points and they're, they're dealing with the fact that they're human beings and they make mistakes and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that we talk about is appreciation. And it's actually, we, we consider it to be uh, the highest vibration that there is. We consider it to even be a higher vibration than love for reasons I won't get into here, but it's a very, very high vibration from our viewpoint. And the reason for that is when you can really appreciate the, the highest level of, of appreciation is where you can appreciate things that you wouldn't normally like, the things that would rub you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest thing to do. It takes practice. It can be done, can be learned. But if you can learn to appreciate the, the things that, some of, one of the words we use to describe it is a transgressor, something that you know, messed us up. If you can learn to appreciate transgressors, then your life gets really, really easy mm-hmm. it's, it, once you learn that skill. And it strikes me that's very much what you're trying to learn with the trading. When a trade goes against you, if you can find a way to appreciate what happened, to learn from it, to uh, maybe make yourself better, but also to, to, to realize it happened for a reason. And if you can embrace the reason rather than pushing the reason away, you're actually going to be stronger for it. Definitely. I mean, I, I've always told my kids there's more to be learned in the loss than in the win. So don't don't be mad about the loss. Like, what can you learn here? And so it's the same thing with trading. I can look back and say, should I have seen something differently? Could I have done something differently here? Should I have not taken that trade? And it's in everything. You know, it's in everything that doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go. Take a look at it and see what the lesson is there, or the gift or the opportunity. Like you said, not always easy to do. Um, But that's, you know, that's the human process here is becoming, you know, better at doing that. Yeah, well, it takes practice, right? It does. We're talking about a skill. We're talking about a skill that the average human being doesn't develop. And so we don't have a whole lot of uh, population that are doing along with us. But there are some who do. There are some. I kind of feel like most people aren't even thinking along those lines. It doesn't even occur to them. In many cases, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not part of the thought process. And, you know. Well done to them <laughs> for getting to that point, right? Right. But I also know there, there isn't a human being on the planet. I don't care who you're talking about. There's not a single human being on the planet who hasn't been on the other side of that equation. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you've been through the other side, you have at least some appreciation for it. And if you've gotten yourself trained where you can actually think that way and appreciate that way, maybe appreciate is almost a better way of describing it than thinking, then you, you, you've just basically retrained yourself to be a better you. So, right. you know, you, you still went through the training. You still went through the growth. Mm-hmm. And, I love that. And we all go through the growth anyway. I mean, it's not like it ever ends, right? Right. The moment the, no. the, moment, the moment the growth ends, you're dead. You're, not, you know, you, you're <laughs> moving it. out of this life, transitioning into the next one. The growth is right. done, right? <laughs> Time for your last breath if you're That's not right. going anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know. And then we get going. to go on to that adventure, whatever that is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, exa- uh, that's the way we love looking at it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, death is not a thing to get all upset about. It's like, okay, what comes out? In fact, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Um, my wife, uh, her mother died when she was 21, I think, from a series of strokes. Um, and then her father remarried twice. The second woman that he re- remarried, a woman named Ruth, um, my wife had a very poor relationship with for a number of years, but they mended it over time. And by the time Ruth was at the end of her life, um, they had a really, really good relationship. So there's a nice storyline that goes on there. We we knew when she was going to pass, she had gone through some medical stuff. She was up there in age in around 91, 92, something like that. 
And she had pretty much decided she was going to go off the meds. And the doctors told her, okay, well, that, that means that's pretty much the end of your life. So we went to visit her last time knowing we were going to see her for the last time, which is kind of an odd thing. You don't normally know yeah. that, right? But we knew in this case that was that was the case. And sure enough, she passed a couple of days after we were visiting her. But she was lucid. She was totally alert, everything. You know, she could communicate just fine. And uh, so Louise and Ruth said their goodbyes. And as we're going out the door, I turned to Ruth and I said, you're about to go on a great adventure. And she gave me this look, <laughs> this look, this quizzical look, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but you could also tell there was a little sparkle there because she, I mean, I think she knew what I was referring to. Mm-hmm. And thinking about it as an adventure, I think it was just a different thought for her at, mm-hmm. at the time when she needed to do it because she was about ready to transition. But if you think about it as an adventure, wow, all kinds of cool things can come out of that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when we grieve, it's because we're grieving for what we're losing. If I lose sure. somebody in my life, then it's I'm sad for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, unless it's like a, a really young person, if it's, you know, particularly somebody that's lived their life, then there's a sense of like, wow, I'm happy for you. Like you get to go on to that, to that next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what your beliefs are. My beliefs and many of our listeners believe it's pretty cool when you get over to the other side. <laughs> it's, it, there's I'm nothing to dread sure. over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a great time over there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a story I've told before. When my my father passed in 2008, before the financial crisis, he passed in March. And he when he passed, he, he, he'd um, been suffering from Parkinson's. So we were actually kind of glad when he passed on. But after he passed a week later, my sister, who has a little bit of psychic ability, got a message from him and she realized it was him. She, she had literally just been taking classes on how to develop psychic ability. And she got this connection through from him. And my sister being my sister, the very first thing she said to him was, what's it like on the other side? (laughs) Oh, good. Did she get an answer? She got an answer back. The answer back was that it was festive. Festive. I like that. Which, by the way, was how I knew that it was a, a genuine connection that she'd made because my sister would never say festive. She would say amazing, fabulous, incredible. I mean, she's like, she's almost a drama queen. Festive would not be in her vocabulary. It right. would definitely be in my dad's vocabulary. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Very cool. And I yeah. think, yeah, I mean, that sounds accurate, doesn't it? Festive it does. is a good word. Yeah. I think it's a perfect word. That is so, a perfect word. Yeah. So we get all these little, um, little feeders of information that come to us through a variety of channels, and that's one of them. Yeah. But anyway, let's get back um, to what you do. So tell people who are interested, what what do they expect? What should they expect if they're even looking at this thing? What what, what should they be looking at? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's um, two ways that people get started with us. Um, and everything is just really like, come check it out, see if it's a fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing, one of two things that I do for people is I'll do a demo trading session where we get on an online meeting. I pull up the indicators, I roll back time to any date that the person chooses, and we just use a really basic understanding of how to read the indicators and we look for trades to set up. And that's just to give somebody a feel of like, what is this like watching the indicators and, you know, placing trades and what that all feels like. Um, And so that's one of the things that I do. And my hope is that if they feel that that's something that they're interested in exploring more, that then they go into our trial program. Our trial program um, is a a length of time, up to 30 days, where they can use our indicators. They have training videos to watch, webinars to attend. Uh, They are able to place practice trades, both live and historical. And they meet with a company trader for guidance and getting their questions answered. 
And there is a charge for that. The charge for that is only $10 and we donate that to a charity. Um, in fact, in the first quarter of this year, we donated $9,000 to uh, St. Jude's Research for Children. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so it's always a really good cause. And we donate that money. So there's we're not making any money off the trial. Our goal for the trial is because we are an education program. Obviously, there's an investment to come in and learn how to be a currency trader. But this way with the trial, people can come in and see what it's like to be a currency trader, take live trades, see how that feels, see if they like it, um, and if it's a fit for their financial goals, if it's going to accomplish what they're looking to do. And they can do that for up to 30 days so that before they have to make a financial decision about going into education, they can really, you know, test it out. It's kind of like taking a, the car you're thinking about driving. You can drive it for 30 days to make sure that you really like it before you actually purchase it. And then let's assume for the sake of discussion that you decide that you like the Ferrari and you want to buy it. So you buy the Ferrari, then, well, first of all, what does the Ferrari cost? And you know, what are you, what's your ongoing commitment and what should you expect at that point? Yeah, so we have um, probably too much to discuss about in this time frame what our education programs consist of. So I'll kind of just give an overview. Sure. There's seven different programs. Uh, three of them are video coursework and webinars. And those are, and I'm going to have to look at my cheat sheet here for pricing. <laughs> um, those start at 2700 and go up to 4900 um, and then beyond that, the next four programs, those start at $9,000 and go up to 26, 26,000. And they include one-to-one -one coaching, um, and that's via online training. They also include, two of them include some in-person training. Those include company-funded accounts up to $100,000 where you trade on and you keep a percentage of the profits anywhere from fifty dollars to $80,000. Some of them include in-person training in our offices in Utah, which we pay to fly people out there and put them up. So there's a lot of different options there. Um, and that's also why I like the fact that we have the trial program, because you can't really decide what's right for you until you really get in and get a feel for things. And so I talk it through with people. Some people, it may be a good fit for them to go into video coursework. Um, and if that's what's right for them, then I'm happy to support them in that. And then there are other people that need the one-to-one -one coaching. That's going to be a better fit for them or that see the value in having a company funded account. That's going to be a better fit for them. So I help people navigate which path forward is going to be best for them. And anytime, of course, that we hear numbers like that, the first reaction is, oh, my God, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Right. Hopefully, I'm going to make some money to cover that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you hear $26,000, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, well, I wasn't I mean, planning to take a mortgage out on the house. What's going on here? <laughs> I hear you. I felt the same thing when I did it. I mean, I was like, wow, that's a pretty decent chunk of money there. Um, you know, but we have traders that are making really significant income from this. So, of course, I can't make any representation of, oh, if you do this, you will make this amount of money. Um, but let's just say, for example, you know, you can fairly easily make $1,000 a week, which we have plenty of traders that are making that. Is a $26,000 investment really that expensive if you're looking at making $1,000 a week? And when I say how much you're making, remember, this is not a full-time position. Our traders work for maybe five to eight hours a week in combination between trading and going on to webinars. So it's a small time investment for a significant income potential. 
Um, so, you know, that's really the way I encourage people to think about it is, yeah, but what can you do with it? You know, what is it going to equal to you when you come out of the coaching program? And when we hear the, the different uh, coaching amounts, you know, depending on, on what the needs of the person are, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking first, well, I'd rather take the video course. That's the cheaper one. Mm-hmm. But who is that really appropriate for? Um, there are people that come in that already have experience trading and they're looking for better strategies, better knowledge around trading to improve the skills that they have and to use our indicators once they see how well they work. So the video coursework is a good fit for, for those people. Um, and I do have people occasionally come in, they don't have experience, but they just pick up on it really quickly. And so if they pick up on it quickly and it comes easy to them, then they may be a good fit for the video coursework as well. Okay. Well, that seems pretty, pretty straightforward then. Um, obviously what we're touching on here is the elephant in the room because there's an investment that's involved in this. It's a significant Mm -hmm. investment. You don't want to do it lightly. You want to make sure you know what you're getting into before you even consider doing something like that. Um, but by the same token, we're also talking about something where you have a potential to generate sizable income. I mean, you quit Mm -hmm. your sales job and start doing this. I I almost said full time, except you don't do it full time. Like you said, five to eight hours a week. That's not exactly full time. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's like, uh, I've got to do some work and then I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I trade no more than an hour a day. And if I need to take a day off from trading, I trade at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but today I looked at the market and I didn't like the way that things were looking. And so I said, I'm not trading today. And I had some other things I wanted to take care of. Um, but that's it for my trading. Um, you know, once I'm done, I'm done. So then the rest of my time is spent doing other things. What's it like to have all that? I mean, I have some idea because I'm self-employed, but what's it like to have that extra time? It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, it's the, you know, it's what most people feel like they want because then you have the freedom to live your life as you choose. Now, of course I am helping people look at the education system. So that takes time. So I'm doing things like this and I'm, you know, networking and I have, you know, advertising out there. So I'm talking to people from the advertising, but for the most part, I'm, you know, I have a lot of time that I use as I choose to use it. What, what, uh, can, can you give us a teaser? Like what did you start doing that you weren't able to do before? Um, more time, um, being able to like time for my kids. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I go to all their events now. I'm able to, I, I don't have the stress anymore of like, Oh, you have something coming up at school. You know, I said that my one daughter's out in Ohio. If I want to be at an event for her at school, I can be there. My younger daughter plays sports. So when she has tournaments, I don't have any issue, you know, being there because I have the freedom to work as I choose. And my trading is portable. It just takes a laptop and an internet connection. So I can always travel and, you know, trade while I'm there. I just um, went to Mexico beginning of March with my older daughter. Um, And I traded, you know, my little time frame every day. And the rest of the time was mine to hang out and do things with her. Very cool. I like that. Oh, uh, something else too. I forgot to ask the, 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 um, training program. How long does the training take? Uh, so it depends upon which program you're in. Of course, the video coursework you do at your own pace. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the one-to-one training where you're working hand in hand with a coach that, uh, is either six weeks or nine weeks of one-to-one coaching followed up by an eight week small group coaching course. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty long and ongoing, even outside of coaching though. Once you come through the program, 
we have 14 webinars per week um, at various times. So, you know, like I mentioned, I'm working on improving my win percentage. I still get on a webinar or two per week so that, um, you know, I can continue to learn and, and get better. So that's what many of our traders do is take advantage of the ongoing webinars as well. So the, the long answer is, yeah. you know, it could go on for as long as you choose for it to go on, as long as you want to continue to get better. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in one sense, there's a short-term limit, and like you, you need to allocate X amount of time, we'll call it six weeks for the purpose of the discussion here, that you're, you're devoted to learning the whole thing, and then it's ongoing uh, continuing education, let's put it that way, for, exactly. you know, for the rest of, of the time that you're doing this stuff. Yes. So that makes sense. Um, one other thought that I wanted to bring in here, we, we, we're ostensibly doing these uh, segments about cryptocurrency, and I know that you're mm -hmm. agnostic on that because you don't care when you're trading. You're, you're in for an hour, you're out for an hour, and that's it. Uh, but I'm just curious to know what your views are on crypto because that's you know, it's becoming a thing these days. And, and so just what, what do you think about the whole crypto thing? Do you think that at least one, maybe more than one cryptocurrency is actually going to gain a, a foothold with uh, the masses? How do you think it's going to play out? Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly that potential there. Um, and, you know, I, I do, you know, the, the, the interesting term in the, in the title, the crypto skeptic, like I understand <laughs> the skepticism. Um, but I sometimes hear people say like, oh, it's not real money. And I would argue that what is real money other than if you've bought and you're holding physical gold? Um, because, you know, the dollar bills that I have in my wallet, that's just a piece of paper. The money that's in my bank account, that's just the number on my computer screen. Um, so is it really that much different? It's all electronic money or paper money. There's no, you know, unless, like I said, I'm holding the gold in my hand. That's the only real money. Um, so that part of the skepticism I kind of argue with. I don't know, um, you know, a lot of people want to know, like, which crypto do I buy? Which is going to be the one? And I think crypto is so much in its infancy that I wouldn't say like, oh, yeah, this is the one. Get in there and hold it. I think the the big name ones, you know, Ethereum and Litecoin and Bitcoin, um, those are probably safe buys. Maybe not right now because they're all declining. And, I, you know, we can't quite tell yet when that decline is going to turn, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be in the next week or so from what I'm seeing. Um, but are they safe buys? Sure. I think they're safe buys once things kind of settle down with where the pricing is at. But I wouldn't bet the farm on it. You know, some people want to come in and hit a home run with crypto. But, you know, if all you have to invest is if all you have is $10,000, I wouldn't put all of it in crypto if that's all you have to invest. Um, so I think just like anything else, be smart, be balanced in your approach. Um, you shouldn't be going all in on anything anyway. Um, you know, so a percentage of your holdings into crypto once the pricing settles down, I think is a reasonable bet as long as you're going into one of those the big ones, the big names. Hmm, okay. I'll tell you what some of my uh, reservations are about crypto. Sure. Um, probably my biggest one. Well, there. I don't know if I can call it the biggest one. I have a lot of big ones, <laughs> but I'd love to hear I'll, them. I'll, I'll name one of them. One of them is there are over five thousand cryptocurrencies. There mm -hmm. is no way that five thousand cryptocurrencies all become publicly accepted on a regular basis currencies. It's just not going to happen. Agreed. Maybe three or four, possibly as many as ten 
5,000, forget it, which mm-hmm. means, and, and there's over a trillion dollars invested currently in cryptocurrencies of, of you know, so-called real money. Uh, there are people who are in the crypto world who would say, well, it's fake money, it's all fiat, but that's another, another discussion. Uh, but for what most people consider real money, it's real money, and it's significant, and there are going to be a lot of people who are going to lose shirts on that because they mm-hmm. got money invested in currencies that aren't actually going to pan out. So I think that's a, a really big concern right there. Um, but there are also technical reasons why I'm concerned about a number of them. Bitcoin, I'm really concerned about. I've been concerned about that one from the beginning, and it, and a lot of my concerns are already playing out. I won't name them all right here because I'll save them for future episodes. Okay. But one of them is there are physical limits as to how many transactions can be conducted at any given moment in time in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I think the current limit, they're, they're projecting like five to seven transactions a minute. You know, Visa and MasterCard, they do 35 to 4,000, 3,500 to 4,000 transactions a minute. How on earth does Bitcoin uh, ever, in, in, in their wildest imaginations, how do they ever compete with that if they can't co- possibly do enough transactions in a minute? They mm-hmm. just physically can't do it. And, and when I ask, when I ask myself the question you asked, well, what is a currency? You know, it's not the paper in your, your, your pocket. That's true. The biggest thing that we've learned, I think, that since the 2008 financial crisis and actually before that, is that a currency is a currency because people believe it's a currency. So how are people going to believe in a currency that can't conduct enough transactions? And the answer in my mind is they can't. I don't see any way to make that happen. So I think Bitcoin is actually doomed. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to say, oh, you're crazy, but I, I really don't believe Bitcoin is going to be the one. I think it's actually got some serious problems. And there are a number of others that have a, uh, the same kind of issue there. And that's just one issue. So that will give listeners a teaser as to some of the things I'm going to be talking about going forward as we bring more and more guests on. But yeah. And oh, first hey, of all. Legit concerns for sure. Yeah. I, well, I, I think we should be looking at this stuff, you know, with a real eye. Like what's going on here? What's, mm-hmm. what's, what's actually happening? Forget the, the hype. What's really going on here? Right. And, yeah. Got to go into everything eyes wide open and yeah. be open to information and new ideas and exploring. And I totally agree with that. So anyway, we'll get into that more. But I got to thank you for telling us about uh, this program. Tell um, Who is the company again? We didn't even name who the company is. Who yeah. is the company? <laughs> uh, so the company is Currency Trade System. If anybody's interested in connecting with us, uh, we're on social media. The uh, website is currencytradesystem.com. Um, and I'm on social media as well. Ian Casey, feel free to look me up and I'd be happy to connect with anybody that wants more information. And I actually have already signed up for the, the demo program to learn more about it. I haven't dived in. I usually do a deep dive when I do these and, and, um, the business that I'm in, my, my wife started this business a number of years ago. It's the gardening business. We got that restarted after, after everything crashed and everything started coming back, we restarted and actually became successful. Um, but. She's pretty much retired from it. I still run it. I'm I'm almost done with it, to be honest. Like we we, we both want to be done with it. So that's why I look at things like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've signed up. I'm looking at it. Um, I, I the jury's still out for me. I mean, I haven't looked at it deeply enough, but I can assure listeners I will be letting you know what it is I think as I get deeper and deeper into this. Because you know that's what I always do with all these things I look at anyway. I tell you guys what the real truth is, what I think yeah. about it, and I'll be doing. Good. The same I love thing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to be real, right? Yeah, definitely. Gotta Absolutely. Be well, I'll tell you what I can be real about here. I'm really glad that you came on the program. So thank I you too. very much thank for you. taking the time. This has been fun, very enjoyable. And uh, I'll be actually, I have a call scheduled with you tomorrow for, for my little demo thing. So I'll be getting to know you a little bit more there. Yes. But... Yeah, we'll spend the next couple of weeks exploring yeah. it and seeing, you know, what you think about it. And I'm totally open. I'm excited to hear your input and your 
kind of viewpoint on what we're doing. So I think it'll be a good couple of weeks for us. Sounds good. Well, thank you again for being on the program. Thank you, uh, listeners everywhere. And uh, we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.